Some of the changes wrought by the pandemic, remote work, online classes, entertainment streams, are probably here to stay. That's according to Paul Gullifer, a professor of communications at Bradley University, for the past 34 years. In this episode of Postmark Peoria, WCBU correspondent Steve Tarter talks to Gullifer about the changes he's seen in how we communicate over the past few decades. There's a lot of things I suppose have changed. Um, the technology is the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I remember teaching back in the day when we were still physically cutting, editing, and splicing audio tape. I mean, with razor blades, we were literally cutting it and then splicing the ends together. And um, one of the greatest changes in my career has been the digitization of media. When everything went digital, that just that blew the lid off of everything. That's opened the internet and high definition television and interactive technology. And so the biggest change has been the technology and how quickly the students have adapted to that um, much, much more quickly than their professors, I would add. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a strange thought that, you know, suddenly a piece of electronic technology has become a prerequisite for learning, it seems. And so they they engage electronically in everything. And then the opposite is true at the end of class. So when class is over, they shut down their laptops. First thing they do is they grab their smartphones. When uh, you look back, Paul, uh, and we're talking with Paul Golifer, the professor of communications at Bradley University, 30 years plus, you had back then, you had newspapers, uh, radio, TV, what about now? I mean, are, are people still headed for those, uh, you know, longstanding media outlets? Um, not so much, uh, you know, and I think it's because this generation doesn't really consume the media that you just mentioned. They don't listen to over the air radio. They don't watch local television. They don't read a newspaper with it. It's certainly not a physical papyrus version. Um, they might read one online occasionally, but, you know, we even have a term for, we'd refer to those as legacy media. Now they're, they're not what they pay attention to. They get their news from Twitter. They get their information from Google. Um, it's, it's a whole different scenario. So a lot of them are not interested in those types of careers, what they're interested in is careers that focus on digital technology, social media. Now, what they don't necessarily know is how to leverage that for the industries you just mentioned. How do you, how do you use social media to advance an advertising campaign, for example? How do you use Twitter to complement and supplement your news organization and the journalistic profession? We know they know how to use it. They can post images of their vacation and what they had for breakfast this morning. But can they actually use it to advance and monetize it for the industries you just mentioned? And so they're kind of drawn to that. And mm -hmm. it's, it's primarily a visual generation. They, they adapt more quickly to images than words. Um, so audio such as radio is not as enticing to them as video because they all have the technology today. So it is a, a change that, you know, some of us who, you know, know the old way or learn through the old way, uh, I think have a tendency to kind of bemoan uh, the loss of, of, well, let's say a newspaper or uh, the decline of a newspaper. It's not 
gone, but it's, it's certainly less than it was. But yet there are these other things, and that puts you in the position as the teacher of having to kind of monitor all these trends and developments, because whether we like it or not, that's the world in which we live, right? It is. And it's really difficult for somebody like me who is older. I've grown up in a completely different media environment. And to talk about it in class, I feel like a dinosaur most of the time to describe that this is the way it used to be. I can't, I can't tell you, Steve, how many times I've said in class, I come from an era where you had three choices in television. ABC, NBC, and CBS. And they look at me like I just fell off the Santa Maria. They can't, under, they can't even <laughs> imagine a world like that ever having existed. That the multiple choices, the, the number of choices today with the Internet is infinite. And it's become difficult to teach certain things. You know, I used to teach programming where you talked about radio and television programming. Now, a television distributor is really any website that hosts video, and that's in the millions. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to get your head around that, but for this generation, they grew up with it. And I got to tell you, a younger faculty who are coming to us right out of graduate school, um, they're well-versed in it. It's that, that generation that's about, my, right. I don't know, anywhere from about 40 years old and older that remembers a different era. And so um, we're the ones that end up teaching history. <laughs> that's what happens. Well, and it's, it's a good thing because I mean, that's what we do here on, on the radio. We, we recount history. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, Paul, and you've been witness to this, but sports journalism uh, has seen a rise, uh, seems to have, have gone over uh, well. I know Charlie Steiner has, has played a role in that. Um, but uh, how have you seen that develop within the School of Communications? Yeah, well, we, you know, in, in my department, we have the Charlie Steiner School of Sports Communication, and it's a very, very popular program. And we have a lot of students interested in sports journalism. Um, the, the, the challenge there is to get them to um, understand that sports and sports journalism is more than just um, recanting the results, who won. Um, it's more than the box score that there is, you know, an area where investigative sports journalism should play a role and, 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 and separating that, you know, a real challenge there, Steve is separating that from fandom. There have a lot of students that come in and they want to study sports journalism because they're a Cubs fan or because they're a Chicago bears fan. And, you know, my good friend and, and somebody who has taught with us, Dave Kindred, who, um, right. yeah, was a, one of the greatest, he's the greatest sports journalist I know. And he taught a couple of classes for us. And he would always tell our students, be a fan of the profession, not of the team. Mm -hmm. Be a fan of the profession. If you're a fan of the team and you're reporting on your favorite team, the Chicago Bears, you become a public relations arm for the Bears because you got to maintain some neutrality. You got to maintain some objective objectivity. Love the craft, not the team. Um, but they all come in as fans. And so 
getting them to separate those two has been a challenge, but we have plenty of students interested in it. Absolutely. That's Paul Gullifer, a Bradley University professor of communications, talking to WCBU correspondent Steve Tarter about the changes he's seen in higher ed communication over the past few decades. Postmark Peoria is a co-production of WCBU and Mike Sable. If you want even more stories about Peoria history, subscribe to the Postmark Peoria podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or NPR One.